0: It is very important that when you come to church, you hug somebody. Because for somebody, your hug is the only hug they will receive all week. For some people, it's all month. And you see, (laughs) Uh, human beings, listen, human beings are not designed to be isolated. Are you with me? Human beings are not designed to be isolated. In fact, there's um, a study that says that guinea pigs cannot be solitary. They don't thrive when they are separated. So in a place like Malaysia, there's a law that you cannot keep one guinea pig. If you're going to keep guinea pigs, minimum two. It's a research, isn't it? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Monkeys (laughs) like to. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but the staff is giving us another revelation. Okay. So, so listen. So, so, so it's important that that when we come. It's important that when we come to church, we should hug each other. Right. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. It's a very important thing. I don't know why Derek and uh, Dorcas are here, but let's welcome them. I don't know whether they are missing us or we are missing them. They are missing us. We, we, we are not missing them. We are pretending like we don't miss them. Okay, All right. Okay, so Derek is here with his wonderful wife. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Hallelujah. All right, Matthew 16, verse 18. It's BBC, okay. Matthew 16, verse 18. Do you know that you can research anything you like? And, and get a study on it. Anything in the world. Even <laughs> foolishness, you can get the research. Uh, let's read this uh, scripture together. Ready, go. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Uh, let's read it again. Ready, go. Oh, say read it loudly, disturbing everybody but yourself. Ready? Go. And I also say that and on this rock I will build And the of shall not Okay, I want us to read it this time. Don't say you are. Mercy, I am. Then you mention your name. Okay. Personalize the scripture. So and he also says to me that. I am Christopher and on this rock that is me he will build his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it let's go ready go and he also said to me that I am he will build his church and the gates of shall not prevail say it again ready go Why are you getting confused? Just mention your name quickly and move on. Ready? Go. Okay, we are talking about leadership from the eyes of Peter. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I I made you read the scripture the way you did it's because I want us to see that we are Peter. We are Peter. And when I say we are Peter, what I'm trying to say is that all the insecurities Peter had, we have. All the mistakes. You know, Peter was very mistake prone. Isn't it? Almost every time, the person who make the mistake first is Peter. How many are like that? You always be the one who will put your foot in it. And then you say, oops, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, so, all of us qualify to be Peter. And yet, we are the choice of God. To lead the house of God. Hallelujah. And when I say the house of God, it includes your own house. Because your house is also the house of God. You know, when I talk about the house of God, everybody thinks about the church. And then some people just switch off because me, I never want to be a leader in the house of God. So when we are talking about this particular uh, sermon, uh, leadership as based on Peter. I don't ever want to be a leader in the church. So this message is not for me. But your house is the church of God. Your home is the church of God. And incidentally, you are the leader of the, the home. So you cannot abdicate yourself from it. You are part of the sermon. Are you with me? All of us are leaders of some sort. We are leading our lives. We are leading our families. You have children, you have to lead them. You will be married, you have to lead your, your, your wife. You will be married, you have to lead your husband sometimes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because we all lead. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? We all lead. So it's important that we understand what leadership is about and how we can lead. Because I said to you the other day that leadership, nobody's born a leader. Leadership is a learned skill. Are you with me? And leaders, if it's an art, A R T, then it means it can be learned. Singing is an art, so singing can be learned. I always say to people, Ask me, I don't have a good voice, but you can you can you see, you can develop your voice to an extent to sing. Are you with me? Because you see, the vocal, the vocal uh, cords and the vocal uh, the neck is they are muscles and you can train them. Are you with me? If it's a muscle, you can train it. Yes. Are you getting it? You can train it. You can train how to breathe. You can train how to enunciate. You can train how to bring words out. And all there, there are tricks to singing wow. that can be learned. <laughs> are you getting it? So, so you see, it's an art. You can learn. When they say acting, it's also an art. You can learn it. When they say uh, um, maybe uh, uh, speech, isn't it? Speech, uh, poetry, or giving of speech is also an art you can learn. Anything that is an art can be learned. Leadership is an art. Preaching is an art. You can learn it. Teaching is also an art. It can be learned. Are you getting? There are some things you can learn, but there are some things that can be learned. And I want you to understand that you can learn to be a fantastic leader. Amen. Are you with me? And, 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 and to be a fantastic leader, there are principles. When we, say, when we say a principle, it means that if you follow it, it's foolproof. The results is the same. Like the uh, times table are principles, isn't it? Two times two will never give you five. <laughs> Because it's a principle. There's a principle behind it. It follows. If 2 by 2 equals 4, then it follows that 4 by 4 will give you 16. Because it's a principle, which means that 16 by 16 will give you 32. Uh, one 14, 132, sorry. 132. It's there are principles. They are, they are principles that you have to follow. Mathematical principles. So we follow them. Amen. That's a subject like maths. If you can understand a principle and apply it, you can never fail. Say it again. (laughs) (laughs) The problem we have is that some of us, we are dyslexic in our minds. In our minds, we fear figures. When we see figures, we get confused about the principles. But the principles are very simple. Once you grasp the principle, everything you meet, you can apply the principle and it will work. Are you getting it? In the same way, leadership has has principles. When you follow the principles, the results are the same. It doesn't really matter who you are. That is how come that he mentioned the name, you are Peter. And I said to you that his name was not Peter. His name was Simon. But he had to change the name because you cannot build anything of substance on the person of Simon. Because Simon is unstable. Simon hasn't got foundation. Simon is erratic. Simon is somebody who who behaves before he thinks. And all those things are traits of bad leadership. Am I in the house? See, there are people who who act before they think about what they've done. And they ask for me, I'm, I'm... one plug, I am uh, by heart. As for me, I am quick-tempered. You know, quick-tempered as tempered people are fools. Because they're always regretting what they've done. Uh, I am one of them so I can say it. Or oh, I used to be one of them so I can say it. <laughs> yeah. But I learned very early that you cannot be quick-tempered and be a pastor and do well. <laughs> No, 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 You can you can never be a, a good leader and be quick tempered. It doesn't work. You will need to because people are very, very, very diverse and people are very you can't you can't you've got to make allowances for people and their geosecrecies. <laughs> It must must be the the tea I had before coming to. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Are are we okay? So, 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 come on, allow me to preach. Allow me to preach and then I'll go home. Yeah, I don't even know where I am now in the message. What was I saying? You have to, you see, the the, the Simon's nature in us does not occur well for leadership. Are you with me? So we have to transpose metamorphose into something else. translate it to the nearest science student what I said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Can I go? Okay. So, so you see, you, 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 you have to, to change. You have to change. You have to shift. Even in your mindset, you have to shift if you are going to be a leader. You see, you cannot be a boy in a marriage. Do you understand? You have to be a man. All the words that are coming, when I use them, you will not be happy. So I'm trying to think of different words. I'm trying hard in my mind to change because today I don't know that that tie that's inside. But at that that is a bit. <laughs> but you see you have to change the way you think. Do you get it? You are still a boy. You are still somebody's boy. But now you are somebody's husband. Now you are somebody's father. So you cannot behave like somebody's boy. Do you understand? It doesn't matter how old I am. I'm still my, my mom's boy. His last born, his last boy. Are you with me? But I am a husband. That's right. I am a, a father. I am a leader. I am somebody's pastor. So I cannot behave like that little boy. Are you getting what I'm saying? It, 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 there needs to be a change. And so the name has to change from a boy to a man, from a Simon to a Peter. Are you with me? Otherwise, the church cannot be built. Sometimes we try to build a church on Simon. But as for me, this is how I am. I cannot change. You know, if, you, if this is how you are, the church will break if we put you in church. As for me, I don't like nonsense. When you tell me, when I'm angry, I will tell you off. Are you with me? That was Simon. Simon's angry. And he chop somebody's ear. That is, that is Simon. is trying to attack his master. Immediately he takes an, uh, a sword out and he chops the person's ear. He doesn't even think. He chops the ear before he looks at Jesus and say, Is it okay? <laughs> do, do, do you get it? If he was, was a Peter, he would have asked Jesus, At this juncture, may I take some ears off. Do you get it? Then Jesus said, yes or no. But, but Simon will chop the ear off and then tell, Is it okay? Can I go on and do some more choppings? I, 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 are you understanding where I'm coming from? So you see, because for most of us, the reason why we don't do well as leaders in the house of God is that we present Simon. This is how I am. I won't change. I can't change. I will never change. No, no. you will make a bad leader. You take that Simon proclivity into the marriage. It it, it, it will not not work well. Do you get it? Because you are supposed to be a Peter, not a Simon. Are you getting what I'm saying? Nobody likes to live with a Simon. So you cannot be in a great marriage and do well as a Simon. So Jesus says that you are Peter and on this foundation, the rock says foundation, on this foundation will I build the church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Remember the the parable Jesus gave, one built upon the sun and one built upon the rock and the winds came and the rains came, the floods came to prove and try it. The storms will, will try what you are building. And he said that because Jesus knew that the storm will come, he said that on this rock, on this foundation, I will build my church. And the church, the devil cannot prevail against it because it is a Simon, it's a Peter on a rock. So it's like double, if you like, double stability. Peter, his lifestyle is different from Simon. And he's built on Christ, the solid rock. So now he's able to withstand and help the church move forward. Amen. Amen. And then you realize that Simon or Peter one day will pass away. And so when he passes away, somebody else has to take his place. And the person who takes the place will always have to be a Peter like personality on a rock which is Christ to move on. So we started looking at some of the principles. And we said the first principle was what? When Jesus calls, you need to answer immediately. Remember that? I don't want to go through all that again. Then the next one was what? His first call is not for leadership. Never ever calls you for leadership. His first call is for you to be with him. Do you understand that? Most people are very functional people. Most of us, we like to know the end from where we are standing so that we can go ahead and do what we have to do together. But you see, anytime you are following God, God never gives you the end because it is not about the destination. It's about the journey and you getting to know him. So he calls Abraham. And he says that leave your mother's house and your father's house and go to the land that I'll show you. But he never showed him the land. He never said that the land was here or there or anywhere because it was not about the destination. And I was saying to you the other day that it's not about 1,000 souls. It's not about 1,000 churches. Because otherwise, as soon as we, we get at God's destination for C.I.S. 1,000 churches, immediately we'll start our journey, proceeding towards 1,000 churches and leave God. Because that's how we are wired. Are you getting it? But it's, it's about first be to be with him. So that your, your source is always him. Always. Your instruction is always him. There's a difference in following a, a road map and following a, a GPS. <laughs> uh, I don't know whether you understand what I said. How many have used A to Z before? Maybe it was before. some some of us were not born yeah. before, but some we used to have A to Z. It's a very big, very big book, and it has all the directions. The roads are are there. So you say that okay, I'm going to uh, Cardiff. It tells you uh, the road. When you get to this junction, you turn left. When you get to that, you, so it, you follow it. I think. But that is. Not the same as a GPS, because the GPS will be telling you that there's traffic on the M one as you are going. It tell you it's 20 miles ahead there's a, a roadblock. If you want diversions, then it tell you where to divert to. So the the the, the GPS is like God with you, constantly changing, constantly instructing, constantly leading you. He leads me beside still waters because he is my shepherd. Are you getting it? So his first call to Peter was not for him to be go and chase men. He said, follow me. That's the first call. Then the second one was, I will make you. Which means that you don't make yourself. When he calls you, he calls you as you are. And then he will transform you. And then he will make you become. Does that make sense? So you see, never ever try to make yourself whilst following Jesus. Never make yourself. That's why you must not be quick to give yourself a title. You must not be quick to to label yourself. As for me, I'm a prophetess. As for me, I am an evangelist. As for me, I am a a pastor. No, 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 no. Because... He will make you. And the making process is a very long and difficult process. Because he has to take some things out. He has to chop some things. He has to prune you. And pruning is a very, very hurtful thing. If you can ask a tree, the tree will tell you. Because they have to cut a lot of things out before it becomes. Um... That's why I said to you that when you see somebody who says they are, they are a prophet, they are a pastor, find out where they have served. Who chopped some dead roots of them? Who, cut their who cuts their legs? Who has made them cry before? <laughs> if there's no one, be very afraid of them. <laughs> are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. because when the making process a difficult process, there are choppings involved. You will be told off. You will be. It's, part of the it's all part of it. Sometimes you'll you be there and you change your your, your, plan. your plan. Here, to the left. And then you go there like, and say, I don't want to be here again. I want to go to the and then they say, stay there. Oh, like see. You see how painful it is. But it's all part of the process it's making you. It's making you. Are, are you getting it? How many are being made? So let's not focus on Peter. It's us. We are using Peter's example. But it's us. Number three. Number three. God shows no favoritism. God shows no favoritism. Do you know God can use you to be the next pastor? even though you are older than almost everybody here. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Don't make yourself, don't disqualify yourself. Don't retire too early. Don't say that I'm the youngest here, so I cannot be used. God can decide to use you. Because God doesn't see old age. That's why when he called Jeremiah, Jeremiah was only only less than 17 years old, when he called him, he said, no, 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 I am a child. I don't know how to talk. I am only a... youth. said, don't call yourself a child. I am the one who has called you. I have ordained you. It's me. I am the one. He shows no favoritism. He entered one of the boats and he called out Peter. He could have been... You know, Peter was not the first to come. We are told that his brother... Andrew was the first. Isn't it? But Andrew wasn't chosen. Nathaniel was the first person to argue with Jesus. He was very, very vocal. But he wasn't chosen. Intellectuals also came. But they were not chosen. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? So, never ever disqualify yourself. Never ever say that I cannot. I cannot do this. I cannot do that. If it is will, and he wants to use me, let his will be done. Amen. See, 1 Corinthians 1, 26 to 28, is that for you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise among, wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of this world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of this world and the things that are despised God has chosen. Amen. So normally God chooses people that the world think are not wise. But they are the ones God chooses. Because God is all sovereign, almighty. He chooses one, whoever he wants to choose. He will do whatever he wants to do. And he said, the Bible says that he's the one that picks one up and puts one down. There's nothing like, you know, I came first, so I should be. No, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. Amen. Amen. And the reason why I'm, I'm saying this is that do not disqualify yourself. Psalm 75 verse 5 to 7 says that do not lift your horn on high. Do not speak with a stiff neck. Do not for exaltation or promotion comes neither from the east nor the west nor the south. But God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. So don't write yourself off. Don't say that As for me, I can't do it. As for me, I'm disqualified. As for me, I'm too sinful. Have you not realized that all the people that were used in the Bible are very bad people? Very, very bad boys and girls. (laughs) Isn't it? The the, the seemingly good people are not used too much. The Davids, the Moses's, the, you know, Those type of people, the Isaacs, you know, the Abrahams, those are the people God uses. And all those people like Paul, they're all very bad. I don't know how many people we have killed. (laughs) But the Bible says Paul was going from, Saul was going from place to place killing Christians. And he was used to write a third of the Bible. A third of the New Testament. Are you are you getting? David was a very bad boy. Solomon was a bad. Abraham was a pimp. Yeah. Anybody who can pimp his wife for another person for monetary gain is a very bad person. <laughs> uh, and. He did it so much so that even his son who was not there also repeated the same thing. It's a family trait. Very bad boys. Hmm. Hallelujah. You see, so never ever disqualify yourself because of your past. Never disqualify yourself that I can't do it. Never ever write yourself off. God is the one that calls And he will use anybody. He shows no partiality. In fact, he specializes in using silly and foolish things. And foolish people. And bad boys and girls. So don't dwell on your differences. You know, I was saying on Sunday. I was saying on Sunday that Judas was not a Galilean. You know... The word Judas Iscariot is, is Judas Ish Means that Judas from Karoth. K-E-I-R-O-T-H. That's where he came from. It's a it's a it's a small town in the south, about 17 miles away from Galilee. And in those times they didn't have a car. So when you say 17 miles walking, it's like a few days' journey. Are you with me? And he was so conscious of his his uh, difference that they called him Judas from Karoth. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. They they call him Judas from Karoth. That means that Judas from Pakistan. So all the people are black. He is Pakistani. So Judas from Pakistan. Judas from Pakistan. So in his mind, I'm different. In his mind, I'm not like this. In his mind, they don't like me. In his mind, I'm not like them. In his mind, you know, so that is how it was so easy for Satan to plant betrayal into his head. Anytime you feel like you don't belong, anytime you feel like you're not wanted, anytime you feel like you're you are not liked, you are making yourself a candidate for Satan to use. you this man is, is, is not in my class this man is too above me this man I no no that's why the man's going to go cheat on you because you have you have actually disqualified yourself in your mind. Are, are you understand what I'm trying to say God doesn't come from any country <laughs> 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 Are you with me? So don't, don't say that, it's that if I don't come from this place it means I don't qualify. No. No. He chooses. Amen. So never have that Judas complex. You know, that Judas complex shows itself in different ways. Sometimes it can show itself as superiority complex. It can also show itself as inferiority complex. But it's a complex nevertheless. Sometimes you think that I'm better than all these people. Sometimes you think that all these people are better than me. All of it is bad. You are are qualified. Tell your neighbor you are qualified. And tell yourself, I am qualified. Yeah. God can use me. Yeah, God can use me. Why not? So, uh, you see, personally, I don't feel insecure about when I am amongst great men. I don't feel insecure at all. Because like, you may shout when you are preaching. You may dance when you are preaching. You may hop and hoop when you are preaching. And it gives you, but you see, what is all styles. Me too, this is my style. And I've perfected my style over the years. And I believe in my style. Just as you believe in your style, I believe in my style. So I'm not going to try and try and become you. No, 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 no. When it comes to me, you can't beat me. Do you get it? You cannot beat me on my style. Because there's nobody who can do it like I do. Are you getting it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I see, okay, yours is powerful. Yours is powerful, but mine is very powerful too, to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, You understand? Otherwise, you see yourself always trying to become something else. Preach, trying to say, like, ah, let me Preach try and imitate else. the person's accent. No, no, you sound awful when you try to imitate somebody's accent. You, are you, you are sound preaching. even much worse. I, I know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what are you saying? I, I got a <laughs> listen, I listen. People respect you, because all of us have accents. Everybody has an accent. And accents are localized, are you with me? So maybe if you are in this place, this accent is is like the preferred accent. But as soon as you move, do you know that in the UK, especially when you come up north a little bit, just 10 miles everywhere, the accent changes. From here to Manchester, the, the accent changes. Between Manchester and Liverpool, it's on a very short distance. It's, it's less than uh, 20 miles. The accent changes. From Liverpool, when you're going to the other side to, to Newcastle, the, the accent gets worse as you go along. <laughs> uh, are you getting it? So, so you see that people from Leeds laugh at people from uh, Manchester. People from Manchester laugh at people from Leeds. People from Leeds speak differently from people from Barnsley. It's only about 15 miles away. People from Barnsley speak f- differently from people from, from Doncaster. From people from Doncaster speak differently from people from Sheffield. People from Sheffield speak differently from people from uh, uh, Northampton. And, and Nottingham. They are all in Birmingham. They now the, 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 the speech is becoming a song. Are you hungry? (laughs) Come here. Singing. Yeah. You see, but then, when you get there, they are very, very um, confident in that accent. See, so just enunciate. Just enunciate, which means that pronounce the ending of your words well. Don't slur the words. And everywhere in the world, they will understand you. It doesn't matter what accent. If you enunciate and you give the the ending of your words, you don't slay them, you know type of thing and you talk properly, people understand you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me move on. Next one. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Stop, stop backseat preaching whilst I'm preaching. <laughs> the next one is God calls busy people. God calls busy people. God doesn't call idle layabouts. Uh, Lazy. <laughs> Amen. How many will believe that Peter was a very busy man? In fact, Peter had his own company. He had his own company. He I'm sure he, he had this, uh, Peter and Andrew, Peter, Andrew and co. Fish. Fisheries. He had his own company. He was running that company and he had, he had responsibilities. He was looking after, he was a married man. He was looking after his home. He was a busy man. And Jesus said that the, from today. So Peter said to Jesus, depart from me. for I'm a sinful man. I'm a busy person. I cannot leave. From today you will be catching men. You will be a fisher of men. He was not an lay about just sitting somewhere doing nothing. So that is also to tell you that your work or your vocation or your business is not an excuse. Amen. 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 You cannot use that as an excuse not to serve God. So uh, pastor, I'm busy. Pastor, I don't have time. Pastor, you know these days is, things are getting hectic for me. God calls hectic workers. Busy people. People who don't have time. They are the ones God is looking for. See, when you see any great man of God in the, anywhere in the world, you see one common characteristics about them. is that they are busy people. They don't have time. You know, people say, oh, uh, if I become full-time, what would I be doing? There's nothing to do. Uh, the only time you work is Sunday morning. When it's th- hey! <laughs> you will be amazed. There's more work in the house of God than anywhere. It's always yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's more work. There's more work than workers. Because God is Looks for busy people, and see when busy people come anywhere, they, they generate business. <laughs> Do you know that idle people see leisure all the time? I think idle people are always focused on le- leisure, relaxation. Realization. So they always only, only see leisure, leisure. They only see enjoyment. They only see the time of re- resting. But busy people always see opportunity to do something. Work. busy. If you employ a busy person, they will generate work that don't even exist and do it. And make that, that thing they just generated become the main work. Because their minds are wired that way. And those are the people God uses. Hallelujah. Let me give you a few scriptures on that so you, you know that what I'm saying is true. <laughs> 1 Kings 19, verse 15 to 21. Then the Lord said to him, that's to Elijah, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Hazel. Hazel was the captain. He was the the chief army commander, if you like. Anoint Hazel the army commander, very busy guy, as a king. And then you shall anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And Elisha, who was a farmer, plowing, you will anoint him as the prophet in your place. And he shall be that whosoever escapes from the sword of Hazel, Jehu will kill. And whosoever escapes from the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to bow, and every mouth that has not kissed him. Amen. So he departed, verse 90. he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat. What was Elisha doing? He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the 12th. And Elisha passed by him and threw his mantle on him. And he left the oxen, ran after Elisha and Elijah, and said, Please let me go kiss my father and my mother and follow you. Can you see that? The guy was busy. When he went to Hazel, Hazel was busy. When he went to Jehu, Jehu was also busy. Everybody God ever uses is a busy person. No idlers are allowed. <laughs> if you look at the disciples, Jesus' disciples, they're all busy people: doctors, tax collectors, fishermen. Everybody had something doing. So your work. And vocation and schooling is not a very good excuse not to serve God. Sawa so, uh, I'm talking to you. Amen. 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 On whose she Why is why is everybody cutting their hair? <laughs> huh? Sorry? You are standing on the shoulder. No comments on that. (laughs) Number one. (laughs) So, write these things down. God is not looking for idle people to anoint. Number two, God uses busy people. And then I said, number three, being busy is not an excuse for not doing God's work. Amen. Number four, busy people are effective people, which means idle people are ineffective people. Isn't it true? Busy people are effective. They get it done. You know, when I was growing up, when people go to school and they fail, <laughs> fail and drop out, then they say, now I'm going full time. <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know whether you understand the joke. But when I was growing up, you know, it's like people go from secondary school uh, do O-Level. O-Level is like a a head up. So we are all running. Then O-Level is waiting. O-Level is waiting. Then we all jump. Then some people fall inside the me, They fall inside the water. (laughs) Then they go back again. They trot. Then they jump again. Then some will jump after the second trial. Then as you finish jumping the O level one, you are still running, A level is waiting, and it's a higher bar from the GCSE one, isn't it? Then you jump that one. Then when you jump that one, you go to university, there's first university exam. First year. First year, isn't it? You have to jump that one. So some people dropped in the first one and couldn't continue. They tried again twice, it didn't work. They tried three times, it didn't work. Some tried and went to the uh, A-level, jumped out when they failed. and said, now I'm going full-time. Ministry. Ministry. (laughs) (laughs) Because (laughs) they couldn't make the grade. (laughs) (laughs) So the alternative is full-time ministry. (laughs) Then some also went first university exam and failed. And then tried again and failed. Changed the course to do something else and failed. I'm going full-time. You see, all those people that went full-time because they failed, today are failed in ministry. Because it's not for idlers. (laughs) It's not for divers that fall into water. (laughs) It's not an option for failures. Amen. Are uh, you understanding what I'm saying? Which also say, tells me or tells, must tell you that the fact that you have done well up to this point, done university, done the past past, means that you are still a candidate for God to use. Are, are you with me? The reverse is also true. Amen. The next one is, is, is your skills. I'm necessary for God to use. You know, I was having a conversation with Dr. Frank. How many remember Dr. Frank? I was in his house. Was it two weekends ago? And I was having a conversation with him. And I asked him, so how do you feel leaving your medical profession to become a pastor, a preacher? How how do you feel? And how, when you see your old colleagues, how do you relate with them? And he said to me something. He said that, listen, my vocation as a medical doctor was helping people medically. And I've only transferred and translated that To becoming a pastor, I help people spiritually by the helping, nevertheless, and to help people medically, you have to interact with them and find out what is their illness. They will give you symptoms, and you have to do the diagnosis. And when you give the diagnosis, you do a prescription, and that prescription is what will cure them. As a pastor. I interact with people and as I'm talking to them, they give me symptoms. Even without knowing they are giving me the symptoms, they give me symptoms and then I prescribe Scripture. things that they need to do, and that makes them well. So it means that his skill as a medical professional was not wasted at all. Because now that he's a pastor, he's using it. Are you getting what I'm saying? So as a pharmacist your skill is needed just as you, you prescribe medication prescribe prayer This <laughs> your <laughs> How many understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Your experience in any vocation is very necessary in the house of God. Most of us when we come to church we leave our experiences behind the door and walk to church and never think that our experience is important. It's very, very important. It's very vital. My experience in accounts has been very vital to this church. Yeah. It's made this church very uh what's the word? Very stable financially. Very robust. That's the word I was looking for. Very robust financially. <laughs> do, do, you, do you get it? Because if I don't have the money, I don't do it. <laughs> are you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't do it. I don't use faith and foolishness <laughs> to do certain things. <laughs> I know some churches that are bankrupt because they, there was no financial astuteness. Uh, Oh, you you don't get what I'm saying. (laughs) No. There's faith and there's foolishness. They look the same, but they're not. (laughs) Uh, Let's go on. My time's up, isn't it? Let me give you one more. As a leader, you must have your own revelation. Number five. You know this conversation that Jesus had with Peter in Matthew 16. He said, who do men say that I am? And the disciples said, some says Elijah, some says John the Baptist, some say this, some say that, some say that. And Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? And all the disciples were quiet. And Peter said. You are the Christ. The son of the living God. And Jesus said to Peter. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my father in heaven. Which means that every leader. Who is ever going to become effective. Must have their own revelation from God. They must have their own Revelation, why did he call me? What does he want from me? What am I supposed to be doing? Amen. All of us must have our own revelation of who God is. And incidentally, the greater the revelation, the higher the person. I don't know whether you understood that. The, the, if you look at the Bible, uh, the prophets, we call some major prophets. And minor prophets. We call them minor prophets because their revelation was very limited. And very small. We call them major prophets because they had greater revelation. Are you with me? So the more revelation of who God is, the more effective and the better you are. The less your revelation, the less your grading. So... Forced to have your own revelation. When I say forced to have your own revelation, it means go deep. The Bible says, ask the the deer pants after the water. So my soul longs after you. Have your own longing to know. There's a scripture in, I think Luke chapter 11. He says that if you being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more? Will the Heavenly Father not give the Holy Spirit to those that ask, those that are searching, those that are testing for the Holy Spirit? That Holy Spirit there represents the anointing, the revelation. If you seek, you will find. If you search with all your heart, he will reveal himself to you. It's 7-11, yes, 7-11. No, look, I want the Luke one. I think it's Luke 11 something. No, either 9-11 or 11-9. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Okay. So, have your revelation. 2 Timothy chapter 2, chapter 1 verse 10 to 12. 2 Timothy but has now, that let's start from 9. Go to 9. 2 Timothy 1, 9. Who has, just Jesus, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to the work, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which he has given to us in Christ Jesus Before time began, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Amen. So it's that he has appeared, he has, by revelation, he has given us a revelation into the light through the gospel. Next verse, verse 11. To which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Hallelujah. So he was saying that My personal revelation is what I am standing on. That's what has given me the persuasion to do what I do. You cannot be a great man of God, a great woman of God without your personal revelation. It's okay to have your pastor's revelation to start, but when you are going on, you must have your own revelation. You must desire to see Jesus for yourself. You must desire to have your own encounter. Amen. I pray that all of us will have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. It will change your life. When you have an encounter with God, your your testimony changes. Your life changes. Hallelujah. Even the power and the strength that you use to do whatever you are doing changes. Because you have a revelation. And God is waiting for us to seek him with our heart. So that he can reveal himself to us. Amen. I pray that God will reveal himself to you. You can never be a great leader without your personal revelation. So don't force to go into leadership just yet. Force to have your revelation and then you'll be a great leader, right?